Blog Talk Radio. I don't know, Mike. I don't know what we're going to do. Are we ever going to change that music? We talk about it, and then we never do. I know that was another that was another thing. I, I that 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 was my contribution a year ago. Somebody else find better music. <laughs> One of these days, uh, we'll, we'll get better walk on music. Anyway, Robin, how are you today? I am good. How are you on this uh, fine and lovely drive through HR Tuesday? I'm good. It looks like we're shy of guests. At least, hopefully, they'll, hopefully, Aaron will join us later. But if not, we're going to have to add to the show. So that's right. We'll, uh, yeah. So, so I, I, I kind of have an idea. But what do you want to talk about? Well, um, and in the event Aaron joins us, and here, here's what I love about here's two things that that I, I, I always say I love about live live doing the show live. Right? Uh, <laughs> we never know what's going to happen. So. Um, you know, hopefully she'll join us. And my guess is that she's missed joining us because she is an actual, you know, on the floor, in the trenches, in her office, um, VP of HR, and she's probably caught mm-hmm. up in a meeting or an investigation or got stopped walking down the hallway or something. So that's uh, that's a day in the life of HR. That's why. That's why yep. we, that's why we like to talk about HR, right? But doing um, podcast isn't part of the isn't part of the the, the high level internal corporate plan, probably. But yeah, anyway. exactly. So, yeah, so, exactly. So we were going to talk about putting people first, right? Something along those lines. Mhm. Mhm. So. Mhm. And cool. even though you know, um, even though she's not here, I'm gonna, um, you know, we'll get her back on if she if she ends up not joining us today because she's. She's got a really interesting background and um, a really interesting approach as as an HR leader, as an HR practitioner. I, I met Erin um, earlier this year in person for the first time um, at Work Human, um, and um, you know she's she's like everybody else that most of the people that go to Work Human very much kind of the way we want HR to be, right? Um, mm-hmm. People-centered, people-first, um, focused on tell, the... We should probably tell folks our, our missing guest's name since we've been dropping Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Yes. So, <laughs> <not> to... <laughs> so Aaron Miller. Our, our missing guest is Aaron Miller. <laughs> um, <laughs> with uh, with yeah. Precision Hawk, yeah. We're talking, we're, we're duplicating, like we're twins. And and apparently, according to what you wrote in the bio, they do stuff with drones, which I'd love to hear about. But that'll have to happen mm-hmm. another time. Mm-hmm. Building mm-hmm. building drones would be would be in some ways, ironically, like the least people thing you could do, right? Because they're automated yeah. and fly around. But anyway, so so uh, yeah, so work human, right? Is I agree. Most people who go there really want to really go because they want to get HR done done right, and that that. Um, not sure what Aaron's specific approach is at Precision Hawk, but I think overall, you know, putting people first. When I hear it, is you know really trying to trying to do approachable HR, as you said, be yeah. on the floor, talking to people, understanding what's going on, listening to them, trying to fix their problems, uh, not just to do everything to make them happy or have a 
candy wall or whatever, but, you know, really seriously try to try to fix the problems of the organization that, that are keeping folks from doing the job that we want them to do and that they really probably would love to do uh, on yeah. their own, own initiative. So that's my little take on it. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think one of the, um, one of the ways that I, where I've seen that happen or I've, I've had more, more conversations about it, you know, kind of how do you, how do you do that? You know, you go and you say, oh, we want our organization to be, you know, very, very human centric, very people centric, you know, um, we're, we're doing these things to bring people in, um, you know, and let them, you know, here's, here's the cliche, right. But let them bring their authentic selves to work, be themselves. You know, we're going to, we're going to do a lot of work around belonging and inclusion and that sort of thing. Um, one of the, um, one of the ways I've, I've heard a number of people talk about how they do that, I think is very simple. Um, and very much not what HR people used to are used to, and that is letting employees kind of co-create. You know, let the employees be co-creators of their own experience. Let employees. It, it's more than just having a voice or giving feedback, which is step one, perhaps. But mm-hmm. it's letting. It's. It's HR sometimes letting go of things that they like to feel are their things to do and letting employees come in and be part of the creative process around everything from, um, you know, how do we how do we set up our benefits plans? How do we let, it, let employees be creators around or co-creators around internal communication mechanisms or channels or plans um so instead of things just funneling down from hr uh, a true people-centric organization i think lets employees not just have a voice but actually dive in and do the work do some of the work you know do some of the the creating you're you're getting you're getting multiple viewpoints then it's not just company Mm. companies centric you know it's 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 people centric it's um you know it's letting it's letting folks come in and build and play it's build a bear build a bear workshop for employees you know <laughs> and you go home with a fuzzy stuffed employee uh-huh. animal kind of thing no um so i i have to admit that you know so for the last 5 years i've been in a very small organization and we i mean there's not much in the way of you know, we do each do our work. There are two people. We each work, you know, three states apart. So we, our days are yeah. largely driven by our, by our needs. So, uh, and then prior to that, as you know, I was at Publix, which is a huge 200,000 employee corporation. Yep. So the challenge of what you just said, it seems to me, and cause I, I, I was like, how would we have done that at Publix? And I mean, Publix is, you know, renowned for its culture. So they, they, they uh-huh. clearly do some of that stuff, but like, I wasn't involved in the day-to-day aspects of that from HR. I was uh, kind of in a corporate specialist center, so we, you know, we didn't really touch the hourly people as much as as you would in a on a force type HR job. But is that something that's easier? I guess where I, where my brain went was like brain lock. How do you get the opinions of 200,000 people and let them create when basically, you know, there are hundreds of jobs, if not thousands of jobs, where it's 
do these five things, run a cash register, give people change, say thank you, make right. them feel welcome. How do you, how do right. you, um, I get a little bit of brain lock in trying to figure out like how you let people create in an environment that's that size. And yet yeah. I think some comp- companies do, although I can't cite a great example off the top of my head. Can you? Well, and uh, yeah, no, you know, and I don't know that you're going to have, you know, obviously not, not going to have all 200,000 employees part of that, but um, I don't know. You think of, you think of, most any large organization that um, the people that do the job are usually are quite often the last people asked for their opinion on what would work mm-hmm. better or how to do the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's as mm-hmm. simple as that. It's 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 going back to instead of you know corporate and then it funneling through five layers of. VPs and division directors and regional managers and store managers or whatever, instead of, of of a policy or a not even so much a policy but a procedure. I think it's more so with mm-hmm. procedures even. Instead of a procedure mm-hmm. funneling down through five layers until it finally gets to the people at the front line who are doing the work, the co creation in that scenario becomes it 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 trickles up from the bottom simultaneously from the top, you know, hey, we need to whatever. We're getting new cash registers and we need to figure out um, the optimal way to, um, you know, close out our uh, optimal way to, to do the closing procedure at the end of your shift, whatever. Sure. And sure. In, instead of some somebody six layers away just writing out steps in a procedure, the co-creation part comes by going to the to those cashiers and saying, what what worked with what works and didn't work with with the current process. What would you right. like to see changed? Here's this new technology. We're going to have this new system. Um, help us create help us create the process. Help us create the procedure. And and then you allow the people that actually do it day to day over and over and over again to eliminate. Because you, you think about that, the frustration, the little frustrations that everybody has in their jobs, but mm-hmm. then that person has a voice to say, "Yep, this." When we take a break and we go sit about and the frustrations on our job, and now they're asking us for ways to create something that eliminates those frustrations. So I think you can put together small groups, or it's maybe around procedures more so than you know whole skill wholesale changes, but um, I think it was Southwest. I think it probably was Southwest. I know one of the airlines, and I think it was Southwest, not that long ago, um, I read a story where they were rolling out, um, it was time to update, you know, their uniforms and that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. instead of, again, them just saying, here it is, they went out into the field and they went to the flight attendants and said, what do you want? Help us right. create really what works, you know, fa- from fabric to, um, you know, washability to whatever. Um, how many pockets should it have? How many buttons? Should buttons or zippers or whatever? Um, and so it's it's taking that feedback piece even a step further. Mm. 
And, and as I'm sitting here, as I as I'm listening to you, and I'm kind of I was thinking about like how how did how did Publix you know kind of hack those things and you know just just my most recent experience you know it, I think they did I, I can think of a few things they did actually one thing was they did a lot of um, if they were going to you know to your point if they were going to roll out like a new uh, scheduling tool or or a yeah. new uh, pharmacy uh, management software tool or whatever it might be or even a new even a new format in the stores. I mean, they would do these small scale, uh, you know, they, they have a, te- they'd run a, a test, right. They, they pilot it in a, in a, in a, right. in a few stores, in a few different areas, it, you know, a handful of things, you know, a handful of different places and see how it worked before they, you know, wholesale um, kind of rolled something out. And even when they, even when they piloted it, I know they had employees, you know, giving feedback, and they they would do focus groups. They had project managers that sort of led those things, and so they did have that. They did obviously have those things built into the system. The other thing they did um, in a large organization is um, is actually took a lot of the responsibilities, like the floor level responsibilities that would normally be HR in a casino or a manufacturing uh-huh. plant, where you were kind of on site and you know dealing directly with the workforce in on mass versus spread across seven states and 1,100 stores or whatever the numbers are, they, w- they gave the, the responsibility of implementation, you know, uh, from, from the start of the program to the, to the, the retail store managers. And so they, hmm. they actually managed the HR stuff. Yep. I mean, it was handed off from H- developed and handed off by HR, but it was, the, it was the operational manager who was actually responsible for implementing it. And in some cases, yep. it was just rolling it out and saying, this is the new process. But they had, they also had to talk to their employees about it, do the training, share, you know, have their management team roll it in. And then, of course, we always, every year we did a, an employee voice survey. So there was plenty of opportunities for people to, you know, to, to give feedback throughout. So that, I mean, it's not impossible. It's just, it's, I think it's unique. How you approach it is unique to every organization and the size. Yes. Another company I worked at had a, had an employee engagement council where they were they would meet regularly with operational managers uh, in particular at one of our large, largest manufacturing sites and they would they would sit down and talk about what was coming they would talk, you know they'd say this is this, we're thinking of rolling this out you know what's your wasn't collective bargaining mm-hmm. it wasn't you know tell us tell us mm-hmm. what you want but it was it was like here's what we've developed what's your reaction take their temperature and you mm-hmm. know and i know of several times where there was you know, feedback that was given that ultimately changed something, you know, for the better probably because we yes. we caught it early on instead of rolling it out and then having to fix it on the fly across the yeah. whole organization. So those are a couple ways, I guess, that I've seen it done, um, you know, from and at I a large think scale that more what I was thinking about. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's, that's really such a simple thing that companies could do is to and I know when it's go 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 and oh my god we got to roll you know every month we're rolling this out rolling that out whatever um, edicts coming from left right and sideways and corporate and trickling down but if companies would just stop and it you know it's it's taking a look around the room and and saying you know who should be here who might have input into this. Um, you know, again, it's uh, it, it's such an operation. It's so often the operational things, it's the new ways of doing something, um, where stuff is rolled out with 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 no input from the people who are actually doing the work. 
Mm-hmm. And people want a voice. People want uh, people want to say in in how they're doing their work. And I think that's such an easy way to get it. Um, you know, instead of just sort of the company. The old way is just let's just dictate. You know, if they want a job, they're going to do it. You know, right. this is how we do it. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and you know, so one of the one of the challenges we often have with certain types of positions, manufacturing, hospitality, um, you know, call center type things, you know, whatever, is um, people don't have a whole, you know, people don't have a whole lot of autonomy perhaps in their job. They're not making decisions, you know, they're, they're there, they're, they're working, they're working hard, but they don't have that freedom to sort of make the decisions that, you know, you or I may have in our jobs. Um, but it could be very easily switched to give them a, a feeling of autonomy and a feeling that they have a voice and they can say um, say their piece about how their work is done. And, you know, that's that's critical for people, I think, to, to feel that. That's, that's, that's people-centric right there. Yeah. Um, you know, interestingly, yesterday, I was just I just pulled this up because I just thought of it while we were talking about it. So there's a, a big business association called the Business Roundtable, which has a couple hundred of the largest corporations in, in the U.S. as members. And they have had a their, – their mission statement for however long they've been in business was basically uh, – that the company's uh, company's only obligation was to maximize the value of the share for the shareholders. That was mm. that was what their mission statement said, right? Is that that so? Gordon Gecko, yep. I guess, Creed or something, right? Yep. And I think yeah, I read that yesterday. too. Did you read? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they they they, mm-hmm. they 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 released a new state uh, a new mission statement, and it was signed by a hundred and there was a letter put out. Uh, 181 of the 188 CEOs that were asked to sign it signed it, so only seven didn't. And the new statement is, each of our stakeholders is essential. We commit to deliver value to all of them for the future success of our companies, our communities, and our country. And part of that is, you know, they said that it's influencing issues as diverse as worker pay or environmental impact, right? So, that means that some of the biggest companies are thinking about, I guess, what we're what we're talking about. And Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan Chase right. or Bank is the head of the roundtable, and he he basically said the mission that they've had the shareholder profit focus is too narrow. So it's it's kind of almost scary that a bank pres, you know CEO is saying we got to think about our people. I'm, I'm being ironic. Yeah, right? we got to think about our people. Yeah, because right? I mean, what else does a bank exist for but to make, to make profit, right? Yeah. So there, there definitely is something. I mean, it's not just, it's not just inside HR. I mean, it's CEOs are are thinking about this apparently in a big way as well. And I don't, I don't know how much of this is symbolic and how much of this is actually, you know, driving change inside corporations. But I, I find the timing of it in our discussion interesting. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I, I vacillate between do I think it's driving change and getting better and 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 then on my cynical days I'm like no we're it we're slogging through the same shit that we have <laughs> forever with how um 
how people, how employees are treated at work um, in some cases and how certain HR professionals and certain business owners view employees, you know, and I get, uh, because I hear too many stories and I see too many things happening and I talk to too many people that um, the mind, where the mindset is the polar opposite of everything we've been talking about, where the mindset continues to be, um, you know, they should be lucky they have a job. They should be happy that we've given them a job. They need to just shut up and do the work. Or, you know, um, uh, no, uh, you know, no, they don't need a raise. Um, again, they should be happy they, they've got a job. Um, it, it, you know, seems, so there's it, so much of that. It seems, still. it seems that how is that possible in this economy, right? But I yeah. guess, you know, I guess it still is. Um, you know, I mean, Well, and I, I think where I've seen it, where I see it a lot is, um, again, when it, it, it becomes what's the reality and what's kind of this HR fantasy world sometimes that we live in or read about or, mm-hmm. well, let's go to Fast mm-hmm. Company and read, ooh, whatever. Um there's a you know it's it's the it's the it's the companies on the coast and the tech bubble and then the rest of the world or the rest of America uh talking US specific but um you know where i see that mindset is and these are the jobs that are important these are the jobs that matter these are these are people doing you know again uh, hospitality and service jobs these are people keeping the hospitals running you know you're your aides and your uh, facilities workers. These are these are folks working in manufacturing. You know, high high labor jobs type of things, where people, if it's a if it's a good company, let's say, they may have golden handcuffs of hey, this is maybe there is something great. There's a great retirement plan, whatever. So they're going to put up with stuff. Because they they have may have no other options. But if if it's a lower a lower skilled workforce or people that have not necessarily kept up skill wise with the new world of work, um, they're gonna stay. They don't. They're not getting recruited to go somewhere else. You know this whole oh your people are gonna be stolen away from you. That happens when there's you know, you're talking, and I'm using air quotes here again, as I always do, top talent, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, Sally working as a as a CNA somewhere is not being recruited away. Um, right. And so she may be putting up with stuff because it's, for whatever reason, it's close to home. She's worked there for enough years that she's got the schedule that works for her, uh, you know, and so she's maybe going to stay put. Um, yeah, and, and, and continue even, to be. even in a strong economy, I think people's people's many employees' nature is to stay where they're comfortable and not go out and chase yeah. new jobs because they're they they don't mind what they do and you know it's they want to stay live in their hometown and all, whatever you know all yeah. these different things that most people don't don't go on the move. You're right; it's probably a small percentage of the of the overall workforce. Yeah. Um, I've never been that way. I'm always like, hey, what's the next shiny object? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
not not really, but you know, kind of, kind of. So, well, it's like know. you know, hey, you know, I'm, I always I always entertain a conversation, right? So yeah, so so you know, you, you said something that struck me, and it made me think of you know, kind of. T- we started out talking about work human a little bit, or meeting Aaron at work human. So I didn't go last year, but I've, I've been to I guess three of the five or whatever uh, that work humans that have been held. Fantastic yeah. events, tons of tons of great information. It's shared a lot of it is, uh, I guess a lot of it's hand on, but hands on, but a lot of it is really aspirational stuff. And, yeah. Um, and and that's still a big challenge. You know, you come away from there. You know, I think just like you do maybe at, at a Sherm National, you know, at times people go there and they're like, man, I have so many ideas. And then you get back to the real world and all that stuff kind of tends to fall by the wayside because it's, it's, it, it was fascinating to you while you were immersed in it. It's hard to keep the shine on for more than a, yeah. until the next week when you're back in the office, right? So yeah. how, how do, I mean, is it, is it HR that is supposed to be leading this stuff or is it the, is it the organization? I mean, because an individual going in and soaking themselves in a great event will come back and do something good with it. I'm sure something good comes from that investment, but they're not going to yeah. transform their organization overnight, right? So where, right. where does HR have to do the work um, right now? You know, is it, is it going to work human or is it really just thinking about nuts and bolts of how you approach each thing you do in, in your HR workday? I mean, I think there's uh, – it, it, it really is both. And it, and it also depends upon, I guess, the it, – it depends upon the individual, the personal philosophy of that individual HR practitioner. You know, I know HR people that are um, – and, and God knows we need them, right? Um, you know, and everybody in HR has to have the strong foundational knowledge. I mean, you've got to have your crap together. Um, there are some people that are content with that, and they believe that's that's my role in HR. It's you know <laughs> mitigating risk and whatever. Um, and then there are other people that um, thirst for, and I think there's more and more people that want HR to be more than that. They want HR to be uh, truly a change agent. In the organization, or if it's an organization that is that is um, approaching work with people in in the in the correct way, um, those there are HR professionals that want to strengthen that and keep that going. Um, and so the challenge is when you have a an HR person that wants to do that, working for a very traditional, don't want to change organization, and it's often it's often dependent upon what the CEO, especially the CEO, but even the rest of the leadership team, how the CEO views HR. And if the CEO views HR as just keep me out of trouble, yeah, yeah, throw some parties, do some stuff, yeah, yeah, you're, you're valuable, yes, you're smart, you know your stuff, I'll ask your opinion, you can do workforce planning, you can help me with succession planning, whatever. I'm not saying that that HR professional is not contributing at a, in a strategic way, but if the Leaders of the company don't want, don't believe in transforming HR or letting it be transformed, letting the organization become more human, more people-centered, more more of the current way people want to work. That HR person's never going to be able to do it. They may be able to make little incremental steps, 
but they're going to get frustrated if the CEO or the leaders of the organization don't don't agree with those same philosophies. And that's when I think HR people get ready to make a move and leave organizations um, or go somewhere where they can build something from scratch as mm-hmm. opposed to tacking on to something else. Well, you did. Uh, I mean, you you had an interesting career in that you worked for the, the you know the kind of the political, I guess the the state in the lottery, and then you were on mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a while, and then back in a casino, mm-hmm. and now with uh, with a, I guess a tech company, and you know they're they all had their their pluses and minuses, I guess. Um, right. Do you find it easier to work in a smaller organization now, or I um I I do actually. Um, because I think you can um I, I, I like the I like the nimbleness and the agility of yeah. it and you can pick up the um, phone and talk to the CEO, right? right? And say, This is what I right. think we should do and he says, Yup or she says, Okay, or yeah. I don't think so and, and then you know where you stand versus the layers yeah. and layers and layers. We only have yeah. less than a minute left, so this we're we're running yes, out we of do. time here. Um so uh so this was a fun, uh, fun, uh, fun chit chat show. So we we covered yeah. our thirty minutes. <laughs> Thanks so, to everyone so. who joined us. Tell us, uh, Mike, because uh, shout out to our sponsor Q. When is the Q, Q. conference coming up? Q conference October thirteenth to the fifteenth. Go to cueinc dot com and check it out. Tap, go to our events tab, and there's a place to go to our conference landing page. Uh, so Excellent. that's that. Because that's the place right. where the focus is on. Positive employee relations, putting people first, definitely. Probably should have talked about that for half an hour, but anyway, we didn't. So, anyway, Robin, have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everybody.